Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Nathan Bartleball. Nathan, what's going on, man? Hey, not too much. I'm not the only Bartleball in the house today, though. Yeah. So I have my kids with me here for a special episode. So a very special episode. So we have, <laughs> I have my son, Johnny. Johnny, you want to say hello? Hi. And I have my daughter, Izzy, here. Hi. <laughs> this is almost, this is Izzy's podcast debut. Johnny, I think you you did a review of Captain Underpants for me a few years back when that movie came out. It was mostly you mentioning that you like the words fart, poop, and gas, but it was it was mostly a review. I think it got five stars. So we're really excited. That's awesome. And we also have another guest. This is uh, huge what we're doing today. Uh, our very first undertaking with something like this. So I'm excited for it. But we have Zach Bartles joining us. Zach, what's going on, man? Hey, hey, hey. I'm here with Nathan B. and Nathan Beard. <laughs> <laughs> and with my son, yeah. my son, Calvin Bartles. Hello. Let's, there he is. <laughs> Calvin. Do the thing. <laughs> we, we were all stoked to talk about Cora. That's what we thought was the topic. I must have not understood correctly. So, yeah. I, 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 I admit that we've restarted watching uh, The Last Airbender and fizzled after how many episodes, Kale? I don't know. Six, seven, eight. Yeah, plus. but we've seen it. We've seen it all the way through. So you can just talk a live action movie. It's no worries. No! <laughs> Anything but that. You know, I though. like saw like Johnny didn't see any of the movies. Yeah, what'd you think about that movie, Izzy? Good. Good. Oh, we'll have to talk later. Oh. That's not what you said while you were watching it. <laughs> hey, Calvin, do you think that these pronunciations are in keeping with the original anime? There is literally no way I can verify that. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys watch a, a show, a YouTube show called Pitch Meeting? No, no. No, I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, you should watch it. It's this, it's this dude talking to himself, basically. He's two different characters of the green screen, and he's pitching different movies as, like, a screenwriter to a producer in, like, the worst possible way, like, mocking the movies. And That's the, one for the last hilarious. <laughs> that did, reminds me of the Key and Peele sketch where the guy's pitching Gremlins, too. <laughs> That's one, not exactly appropriate for children. In the movie. Yes, in the movie. In the movie, Dunsies. <laughs> Gotta go put some cowboys in Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's too funny. Got derailed quickly. Well, you know, that happens here. Um, Zach, you have a special promotion that you wanted to, uh, you know, uh, drum up some business for uh, your entrepreneurial spirit over there. Uh, so go ahead and talk to us about what uh, what you got over there for us. Dude, I'm holding in my hand a copy of Reraptured The Complete Epic, which is a book that uh, myself, uh, the great Ted Cluck, and actually uh, my wife um, wrote together. It's, it's written by committee. And uh, it took, are you ready for this? Ten years from inception to it being done. Nice. Uh, which is a long time for writing a book. It's actually two books together, Reraptured and Reraptured Again. Uh, and it is about 130,000 words, I think. Uh, and you can get this on a little mom and pop uh, website called Amazon.com. Or if you're in Canada, Amazon.ca. Um, Support or on, local uh, think, people. 
Yeah, you gues listen. Don't go to one of the big guys. Go to Amazon.com or .ca. Or uh, if you're in the UK, co.uk. I don't know what the CO is for, but the UK is for UK, United Kingdom. <laughs> uh, but you can get this book, and uh, it's, it's kind of like The Last Airbender in that it's full of whimsy and, um, you know, kind of magic and uh, men lactating <laughs> and people uh, being raptured to the top of light stanchions and people's heads exploding. So uh, exactly if you want to like laugh really, 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 really like hard, scanners. get this. <laughs> Dude, Bartleball, has your kid seen scanners? They have not seen scanners. No. <laughs> I have seen the cover of the – I know. I'm like, guys, let's keep it on a low profile here with our uh, film on <laughs> No, they've seen the cover – of the, the DVD, and they always pull it out, and they're like, can we watch this? I'm like, nope, nine years later, we'll talk about it. <laughs> if but you tell them the how they did probably, it beforehand. You know, it has that quintessential moment where the, you know. Well, you know what it is? It's a plaster head with like 100 fake blood-filled condoms inside. <laughs> Basically water balloons. If you told your kids that before they watched it, and it kind of – sucked the scary out of it it might be a well that's what we do before we watch most of the movies we put on the special feature where you see the Ah. there's six guys inside of the monster suit you know right and they're having a coffee (laughs) break wearing the bottom half that does tend to take the fear out of things the alien is drinking his latte before he puts the head back on (laughs) you know bartleball you don't have to be all coy and like uh sneaky about this you could be like joe thorne he goes on doc and devo and is just like hey i was watching uh you know Hellraiser 3 with my seven-year-old daughter last night and a funny comment was made and, and he just is open with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have no problem. We definitely watch horror movies. We did recently watch uh, Deep Blue Sea, but we have not and, watched Scanners yet. And a quiet place. <laughs> and a quiet place. A quiet place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's the cutest <laughs> voice I've ever heard talking about a quiet place. <laughs> <laughs> she, can, she can tell you the themes, too, if you need to, need to uh, do that. <laughs> We're, we're far too analytical about it. They're like, I don't know how this was done. I don't know if this properly reflects the <laughs> American human condition and fears of parenting and loss. <laughs> but that's all your daughter. Right? Out of, oh, there's a monster coming after me. <laughs> well, let, you guys, let's talk some, uh, let's talk some Soka and Ong. Oh. Soka? I thought it was Soka, right? No, in the movie, it's Soka. Yeah, I know. But Izzy was correcting him the whole time. She's like, that looks, who is that? Who's that character? And then I tell her, and she's like, why did they do that? Maybe like the, the short O is where all of the characters uh, like complexity and sense of humor was stored. And then you, know, you take that away. And let's be clear. If pronunciation was that movie's biggest problem, I'd be extremely happy. <laughs> Nice. All right. So here's what we want to do. Uh, We want to give the under 13s the opportunity to talk about it. Um, And so let's go ahead and start off. um, And I'm just going to ask a question and then uh, our our kid panel can answer. And then, you know, we'll kind of throw in some of our thoughts. Um, But uh, out of 10 stars, what would you give? Avatar The Last Airbender. I give it at least nine. All right. Nine out of ten for Calvin. What about uh, Johnny? What would you give Avatar The Last Airbender out of ten stars? I'd like to say nine, two. Nine, two? All right. And Izzy, what about you? 
Nine. All right. So we got nines across the board. Kind of shrewd. Yeah. All right. So what about uh, what about the adults here? Uh, Nathan, what would you give Avatar The Last Airbender out of a ten? Oh, like a four. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> a nine, a nine, I don't, I'd say 9.5. I mean, it's so it, – for what it is, compared to all the other things that are like it, it's a 9.5. Nice, nice. One upper, point five upper. Yeah, I had to go. Yeah, yeah. come on. Damn. I mean, c- compared to the other animes I've watched, it's it's very up there because you know the the other animes I've watched are Pokemon, <laughs> <laughs> and that that anime I, is and, not the best. And I was thinking animated series in general. I think because yeah. um, back in the day when we had Thunderhawk, well, Thundercats and Silverhawks <laughs> and all that good stuff. Nathan and Zach. Shut your mouth. No, I like them. <laughs> I like them. And I think why I liked Last Airbender was it was taking that and building even more of a story to it. So You guys know that as of yesterday, Thundercats is on Netflix, right? No. The original series? I think so. Oh, my it's goodness. It was, it, I can't tell. Like it was, it was there and then it was gone, so it's back. That's cool. Mumra. <laughs> You need more of that high-pitched squeal, though. <laughs> you guys, Panthor had laser nunchucks. <laughs> I give that a nine. What did you, you watch when you were growing up? Oh, you would love this. Oh, oh, we're watching this together, buddy. Oh, yeah. no. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you get, if you get really, if you get through uh, Thundercats and Silverhawks, you can go right into Tiger Sharks. <laughs> tiger <laughs> Sharks. <laughs> I don't uh, even know what always. that's. What's Silverhawks? I've never even heard of that. It was uh, around the same time. I see all the. I have, I have to bring up the obscure ones. Oh, the uh, French anime Silverhawks. No, it was around the same time as Thundercats, and it was they lived. Uh, they were out in space, and it was almost the same exact team, except that they had shiny metal wings and flew around in a spaceship. Oh. So it was. It was Thundercats just repurposed a little bit, so we could sell toys and only have to change the bodies and not the heads. <laughs> we could take the same cell animation and repurpose it. Look it up in the and the thing, and you'll see it's almost identically copied. And then they did another one. I think it was Tiger Sharks, and that was extremely short lived. No dino saucers, that's for sure. I feel like Tiger Sharks was part of the, the comic strip lineup with like Karate Cat and and like uh, basically um, what Hotel Transylvania uh, ripped off. I don't remember what it was called, but it was like. A summer camp for yes, for, I know exactly what you're talking about. All those, and then Hanna Barbera had their lineup that was like really low. It was like Paul Paul Bears and Goldtar or something. But okay, we're getting way. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's becoming the Saturday morning of 1985. I just uh, want to know who remembers Brave Star. I do. Oh, Brave Star that was, was the great. Interstellar Cowboy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was. I mean, that was a pretty intense cartoon because. Of you know the themes that they had in it, they really didn't dumb things down, which was um, which was actually pretty neat for the time. Um, nope, we just lost Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, let's get back to you real quick. What would you give Airbender out of a ten, or I'm Avatar: say, The Last Airbender? I should say. Let me clarify. Yes, nine point five one. <laughs> like a price is right. <laughs> no, but who's gonna go home with the? the honestly, title? I think I would give it a nine just like Kelvin and uh, Bartleboss kids, because I think what holds it back is it's a relic of the time, but but the four three aspect ratio. 
we were, Kelvin and I just, here, here's some timing for you. When the uh, lockdown happened here in Michigan, we decided to pay $60 on Hulu, oh, yes. The Legend of Korra and buy all, all the seasons. And then as soon as we got done, like the next day, and Netflix was like, and we just added Legend of Korra for free. Um, <laughs> that happens to us all the time. Like the animation in that um, was better. And just the fact that it was a 69 widescreen aspect just because of the when it came out it felt bigger it felt like movies it felt more epic it had the the broader panoramic feel to it which the last airbender has but it's it's kind of hamstrung by this old school thundercats era television aspect ratio and i feel like that really kind of holds it back and there's a couple of climactic scenes like, for example, one of the big fights, I'm trying to remember, it's been a while since I watched that whole series, uh, but there's one where he's, it's like the big climactic fight at the end, and it's basically just like, they're going so fast, both, yeah. both Aang and the antagonist, that they're just like blurred lines, and you can't tell what's happening, and, and I feel it was too small of a format to do some of the stuff they tried to do. So I'm not going 9.5, I'm going 9.0. Nobody like puts that. Avatar in a box. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! In a letter box or a pillar box or whatever. It is. Um, yeah, I would. I would have to agree. I think uh, nine is definitely the the way to go. Uh, I, I know what you're talking about, Zach. That last uh, scene with uh, Ang and Ozai when they're when they're kind of bouncing around and doing their thing, there was, I feel like, a little bit of a letdown, particularly the buildup that you saw with what the mm-hmm. other um, Avatar states and Avatars did with the Avatar state. And it was kind of like, I'm just going to bubble up and surround myself and just kind of clear everything in my path. And so they had done yeah. such a good job at preserving, uh, you know, the I mean, really, the the choreography in the the fight scenes and in making this a believable world of martial arts that it just kind of went to the wayside at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree. It, it, it was a huge build up, and then it was cool, but it wasn't as cool as as the implication. You know, when you see things ramping up, mm-hmm. it felt like it was going to feel more magical and different from other shows. Uh, and I, go ahead, Kelly. Uh, I feel like, like, well, when you see Ozai in, like, flashbacks, he's always silhouetted, and he's super, like, mysterious and powerful. Mm-hmm. Then when you see him, he, you realize he's just, you know, he's, he's just a generic villain. Right, a mustached built villain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let, me, uh, let me bounce back to uh, the Bartle Balls here and um, get your thoughts on... What are what are were some of your favorite moments um, in Avatar: The Last Airbender? I'm going to start with you, Nathan, and give your kids a few minutes to think about that. Um, just just a couple moments that you remember being your favorite uh, your favorite moments from the series. Well, and I well I enjoyed the the fights and everything. By the time we got to that last battle, to me, yeah, I, I feel like most battles in in these uh, series and movies and things end up being a little disappointing. Uh, Return of the Jedi might be one of the few cases where the final battle kind of meets what you want it to meet for a couple of different reasons. But the battles were never quite the highlight to me. Honestly, I enjoyed a lot of the smaller stuff like uh, when when uh, 
Zuko and his uncle are opening up the tea shop and things like that. And those character moments throughout the series, like those moments where it kind of slows down, particularly that relationship, uh, the, uh, the uncle, by the way, uh, is my favorite character in the, in the show, I think. And the way that they do that transition for Zuko is so effective that you always get the bat, the, the, not the, the, the guy who's on the wrong side of things, the villain who comes over to, and it's either done really hokey at the very end, a last minute turn, or it's done in such a way where you either, you don't quite buy it or it's clear from the beginning. Yeah. We see where it's coming. And there's a little bit of that there, but I felt that that transition was very elegantly handled mostly through that character of the uncle. And in fact, when he kind of goes, when he disappears from the show, not completely, but when he's sort of sidelined towards the later half so that Zuko can kind of integrate with the avatar and his team, (laughs) I thought that, uh, I missed him and his interaction with Zuko. It's weird to say that these characters, which are voices and just animation have a chemistry, but they do. That was my, my favorite part. So individual scenes throughout the show. I mean, some of the, I, I really enjoyed the scene when the, uh, he's, he's getting the general to blow up his own ships. You know, I think that's about midway through. That was one of my favorite sequences in terms of the theme and the battle there really uh, that, that theme of how the different, elemental powers work and what you do with them and that that idea of how your emotions also govern them i thought that was really cool nice nice what about you i think i want to oh hey hey hey, real quick question were you were you suggesting that the sidelining of iroh was a choice a character choice for the story and not a result of mako dying well, obviously there's that, but I'm looking at what it also does. They could, I mean, technically speaking, they could. And to be honest, I was not aware. I remember when he passed away. I didn't watch this when it was originally running. So I wasn't aware whether or not he finished it or not. He's still sort of there at the end, but I guess they don't really have much of his voice. So did he pass away while this was happening? Yeah. yeah. And they did bring in a ringer, the same guy who does uh, Iroh's voice in Korra in the spirit okay. world. Because he's still sort of in there. They, they could have kept him in and probably adapted that voice. And in, honestly, in anime or in animated films, for a few minutes, you've got this moment of that's a different guy. But within a couple episodes, we would have, I think, integrated to it probably just fine. Uh, it's not like live action, obviously in live action. I, I feel they could have worked around if they wanted to. I think that, I don't know, maybe you're probably right, but I do think it works in that way too, that if they're going to have him integrate with the other characters, the uncle, which is his primary voice and his moral compass, he has to kind of be out of the picture in order for Zuko to make those decisions on himself on his own. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Johnny. Sorry. You, you were talking to Johnny, Johnny. What My was, yeah. Are, I like the parts where Aang goes to the spirit world. I also like the part where he visits the spirit that can like steal faces if you show any emotion. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's creepy, bro. Do <laughs> not like, bring that oh, up. It's the stuff of nightmares. Yes. <laughs> oh, I have a funny part. I like all the bending and magic. Hey, what do you mean? Nice. Do you like how that world? Are those? What did you like about the magic? How it was presented? I like how they like didn't call it like magic they called it something different like bending so you like the way they controlled all the elements that was pretty cool nice i also like the moment where he learned earth bending 
<laughs> that was a pretty good one. Fought like that moose <laughs> giant. Izzy, what were you, some of your favorite parts? I like Soka because um, I like the way that he like bounces in his sleeping bag and slugs around in it. <laughs> <laughs> that is yes. <laughs> the way the water looks when it just like goes around. When they're bending it. Mm-hmm. Very cool, Calvin. What about you? What were some of your favorite parts? All the cabbages. <laughs> 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 cabbages and uh, uh, I love the fight between um, Katara and the water, the water master, and the like end of the first season. Yep, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a really good one, and I liked how you know they they didn't overpower her in that that she had mm-hmm. learned enough bending that he was still the master and wasn't going to take yeah. you know she wasn't going to take him down. Mm-hmm. What uh? What other parts did you like? Mm. Well, I mean, I just love a character tough. Yeah. <laughs> <She's the best. laughs> yeah, I think I think that's something you know that you were saying earlier, Nathan. This really, this show does a great job at bringing these characters together. And you know, when you talk about things like chemistry and character development and all of those things, normally we're not talking about that in the context of a cartoon and you know nowadays it's even hard to find in most shows that are on that are out there live action shows and so i think that's one of the things this does really really well is bring those elements together zach what about you what were some of your favorite moments uh i also like anything with toff toff's the best um (laughs) in fact when in a lot of what i love about uh last airbender is the the way they lay the groundwork for like a full-on mythos in in the legend of Korra, it feels like there's a Bible's worth of stuff behind it. Mm-hmm. And like when someone like Toph shows up and you and you're like just just by them being like this old lady is this character, and you literally rise to your feet and high five the guy next to you, that tells you that they've really done the the work. <laughs> yeah, um, like when she invents metal bending, that's pretty much the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, I love a lot of the side characters and like they, they didn't rely just on their main cast. I love um, Boomy. <laughs> Boomy. Amazing. I love the Kyoshi, Kyoshi Warriors. Is that what yeah. they're called? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one of our favorites yeah. too. And how they're, you realize, um, I don't know if they tell you this in the episode or if you kind of realize that they're all basically like dressing like this former avatar. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's almost like a, a cult, but I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, like a, a cultist uh, following of you know they live and in, in train where she lived and stuff. I love that like when everyone dresses up like Batman in one of those Batman movies, they have the <laughs> with Batman. or at a comic con for that matter. Yes. That's true. There you go. Uh, I love the blood bending episode. Mm. Yes, which also then comes into play, uh, you know, later in in Korra. Not to give anything yeah. away, and and like it's another one of those things where they, they drop this in, and a, a lesser show would be like, we thought that was a cool idea, we did it for one episode, but really it would ruin the whole world if we let it be a thing. And then later <laughs> on, you're like, ooh, no, this still exists. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have the like, 
not just Saved by the Bell, where you know, like the kid in the wheelchair <laughs> stepped into the end, and then apparently is murdered before the next episode. But even like <laughs> Cheers or like real shows will will just forget things. You know, they're like, we did this one, a, a solid show that's whose writing will earn my respect does not write things and then throw them away, but yeah. puts them in the back pocket mm-hmm. and they're still there. And, th- and, and throughout the run of the last airbender that happens. And then into Cora, it happens. Uh, I love like, like the, I don't know why the movie, the movie puts the earthbender people that are being <laughs> oppressed on yes. earth rather than doing what the, uh, <laughs> what the, uh, show dud, which is to put them out at sea on a wooden boat uh, so that they can't, you know, like that kind of thing. Put them in like a rock mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah s- such that Ang can be like, here's a rousing speech about how you're standing on Earth and you can bend Earth. Uh, but then it takes like 20 guys to bend like a softball sized <laughs> yeah. piece of Earth. And it takes them 20 minutes to do it. Um, uh, Shyamalan, what? He's capable of so much. Have you guys seen Split? What was he doing? Um, anyway, cash in a check. Yeah, <laughs> I think he was no, honestly we, the wrong person for it. He doesn't. He thinks in smaller microcosmic stories and not yes, on that exactly that wavelength. N- everything he did, even like a big story like um, the like Unbreakable, which is like here is an origin story of a superhero. That was his goal, and then what he did was basically this is one guy, and and it's small, and it felt perfect in that setting but you're right also does you- stories of like miss like a lost purpose and then redemption so it's harder like that's a part of last airbender obviously but he doesn't even get to that part of the story in the chunk of the movie right that he's got so yeah um i also love uh, I, I just love the character of zuko from the beginning he's a great antagonist mm-hmm. and then it's believable like 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 nathan beard said when he uh comes around um slowly and you believe his struggle and then when it seems like he's going to be good and he, and, and he you know stumbles i i love the character i love the voice yes. uh, R- rufio is voicing him yep uh oh, right that's right kelvin do you remember uh hook uh not much oh we should we watch it again so, yeah, yeah zuko is amazing in that he the guy who does zuko so he was probably the age of the character in Last Airbender when when Hook was filmed in, was yeah, say, yeah, in yeah. 92 or 93. Yeah. Uh, but he still has such a young sounding voice. And it's but when he gets like dark and yet the voice still kind of cracks, there's it's just perfect for that character. This like, I'm not really a man, but I have to become a man in order to prove that I'm worthy to be my father's son. That's such a compelling kind of story. Yeah. And then Iroh to be with him, to be his conscience, and to have these little reminders that he has this nasty past, but he's trying to kind of find peace with it. And I just love that whole arc. I could, I, I would watch a show that was just a spinoff about Zuko. And then when he- I remember saying that to the kids when we were first watching it and, and walking in and being like, I want the show with just these guys running the tea shop. I'd watch that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it could be a little comedy. Hey, Dude, they should do that. I mean, we should, let's start a, um, what do you call that that site where you can start petitions? A Kickstarter or, or GoFundMe <laughs> or something like that. But uh, I also loved then, um, in, and I, I know that I keep going to Cora because we just most, more recently watched that. Mm-hmm. And I was, 
I'm an, a fanatic for that one. I thought it was yeah. better. I honestly did. But uh, when when you had Zuko and he's oh, old yeah. and he's a different he's a different kind of character, and I was a little bit like. I miss the old Zuko. That's the young Zuko. And then they bring in this character of Iroh. Iroh, yeah. Named after General Iroh. And he's voiced by Rufio again. Yeah. And I was so excited. <laughs> and, and, you know, here's another thing that just speaks to the just epic storytelling. Like, Calvin and I watched the original, or the, the reboot, rather, of Voltron after having watched every yeah. iteration of Voltron. Um, <laughs> and there's that moment at the end of, I think, season two, or maybe season one, where Hagar, uh, after... Oh, uh, yes. What's his name? Zarkon? Yeah, Zarkon. Zarkon has been killed or he's out of commission somehow. Uh-huh. She just turns over to the druids and says, Summon, Summon Prince, Prince Lodestor. And you're like, oh my gosh, I have to wait six <laughs> months for this now? Yeah. And, and, and it's because we know Prince Lotor from all the earlier iterations. But somehow, when it's like um, the Fire Lord turns to... Uh, Zuko's sister, yeah. we know nothing about her, but his just like, okay, it's your turn, still gives you goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Like this, I don't know, they've just built such a massive mythical world that they don't even have to earn the like chills. You just, you, <laughs> you're ready for them. So I, I thought that they started and ended, with the exception of that fight that was a little bit disappointing, they really started and ended every season really strong. And there were very, very few weak filler episodes. Even ones where nothing really pushed the story forward. Yeah. They would focus on a character long enough and, and develop the character. Then they'd go back to story. And it was just masterfully written. And that's the real strength of it, I think. Yeah. And there are just so many um, so many great lines. My wife and I will still use the one when we're out and about shopping, you know, where uh, that one from the first episode where the pirates come into play and uh, he's out there shopping and, you know, he's like, you know, well, what's better than, you know, finding something you need? It's finding something you don't need at a great price. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, we just there are just so many lines that we still will We're go commenting back on to. his shopping habits today, <laughs> like through the Johnny was doing some research going back through episodes. And it's like, what did Toka buy in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you sure that that pronunciation squares with the uh, anime? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sure that my children correct me daily on that one. Once in my, like, you got to remember, I saw the movie first. So. Oh, I'm so I sorry for you, Bartolo. Yeah. like a bird. Sokka, there you go. Oh, I love that. The thing with the bird. That was yes. the I forgot bird. all about that. Message yeah, that was bird. awesome. The message talk. Yeah, there you go. Message oh. talk. Uh, too great. Let's, uh, let's get to favorite characters. So, um, Zach, you kind of jumped in and we're talking about some of your favorite characters. Um, let's hear from uh, Johnny. Let's start with you. Uh, give me two of your favorite characters. My fa- my first favorite character is Sokka. He's the funniest of them. He's <laughs> yeah. all squirmy. In one episode, he's just jumping around in his sleeping bag. Yep, yep. That's great. What Come about on another one? Do you want a second to think about it? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So many choices. Don't worry, kids. I'm sure Nathan Bell will be removing all the dead air and making it sound like you were ready to go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's what he always did for us, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he had to add dead air for us. Let me... Uh... 
we didn't talk over each other. <laughs> let me uh, let me jump to uh, Calvin, and then I'll jump back to Izzy. Calvin, two of your favorite characters, and why? Toph, because she's just she's the best. <laughs> yeah, there's really no explanation needed. Um, and I love Mako. Well, I guess he's not really in the last Airbender. I like where your head's at, though. When I think <laughs> what's great about the the last Airbender, my thoughts often go to the Legend of Korra. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really do. Um, nice. I mean, Aang himself is a really good character. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think the luck kind of thing. Nice, nice. Izzy, what about you? Two favorite characters. Sokka, because he's so funny. And Toph, because he's funny also. Nice. Yeah, you like all the funny, the humorous mm-hmm. characters. She's kind of uh, sassy, right? Mm-hmm. Toph, because she's tough. Tough and sassy. Yeah. What I liked was King Boomy. <laughs> King Boomy and Saka. In one episode, he's like, "We'll do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just sleep." <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Nathan, what about you? What were uh, who were two of your favorite characters? Well, like I said before, I. I Uncle Ira is a cool character. I think my favorite character. Did I say that right? Ira is that? Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I did a lot of walkthroughs on this show, like in terms of like, oh, I, w- I would walk through, watch essentially all 20 or 30 minutes of it and then walk back out. But I missed pieces here or there. But I, I think that one of the, uh, one of the elements that's cool from character design point. Cause one of my favorite characters is uh Appa, right? Just a big flying <laughs> bison. It doesn't ever speak, but so much. One of the things that I like, I, I haven't watched a ton of anime. I used to watch a little bit more earlier, but I, the movies that I tend to like are the Miyazaki movies where there's a lot more, you know, the animations of a somewhat higher quality. Uh, I noticed even in last airbender, which is again, an American made like, version of an anime, but I love that they still throw in that thing where, Hey, it looks like we ran out of money. So we're just using storyboards <laughs> in some of the action scenes where it's clearly a still frame that's lightly sketched in. But, uh, do in those Miyazaki movies, you have a lot more fluid animation. And so you have characters who don't speak or who are characters like Appa and these animal, all the creatures, the, the way they integrated that into the world and having these different mishmash creatures. Of course, mm-hmm. as a kid of the eighties, when you would see that kind of performed with animatronics and Muppets, it's cool to see that same sort of level of character given to a, to a, a character that doesn't really speak and can only sort of act through what the animators have done with their, their expressions and their movement. Also, also something I thought was kind of weird is if you put subtitles on watching it, the subtitles are a lot bigger than regular. A hint for watching it. Be careful with the subtitles. Nice. Um, so, um, Zach, you talked about uh, Zuko. Who would be um, another favorite for you if you were to pull one more out? I got to say, I think Admiral Zhao, mm-hmm. who, uh, or then Commander Zhao, he goes from one to the other. I don't remember. He gets promoted at some point. Um, just a great antagonist, a solid antagonist, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, a simple antagonist for the book one, you know, before yeah. we start. 
building, you know, you, you have to start somewhere that's kind of scary for these kids, but not, you know, not a bar that's hard to, to beat. Um, and then I love that, uh, again, I'm going to talk about Cora briefly. I love that we later see him wandering in yeah. the holes. Like, that's such a perfect little uh, coda for that character. But, like, I, I love the function of that character in that even before we see um, Zuko beginning to kind of have a, a ref- reformation, I almost said redemption, but that's got too much theological baggage, uh, kind of reformation of his character, um, you get this opportunity for, because of this common enemy, for him to semi-team up with um, our protagonists and the, mm-hmm. and it just sort of plants that seed and he's such a he he really looks like Wolverine to me yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I mean that is a compliment to the character uh, I thought that was a, a great character and you know it, it to have a really solid uh, antagonist right off the bat but then not need to go back to it later like not need to say oh we killed shredder so super shredder you right. know, like, <laughs> But but rather to say this guy was he was a really um, worthy adversary, but he's beat now and he's part of the story. But move on to something else uh, was it was it was really well done. I think that that character kind of sums up what was great about the early episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was competent. You have to have a competent antagonist. <laughs> yeah. When there um, the blockade is there. Yeah. And uh, the reasons I think that the later. When you when you have the battle of the fire lord, why it isn't as climactic is because that character kept in shadow or kept kind of at a distance isn't as interesting. Mm. You know, speaking of Shyamalan, it's like on the village when you see the creature in foggy in the background, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. When you realize it's um, Razar from Ninja <laughs> Turtles: Revenge of the Ooze, it's not. <laughs> Right, not even the version they went with, like an even cheaper version. <laughs> it's like the it was Halloween, uh, spirit store version of... <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, bringing up Shamon, what a weird casting choice that was for Zoo. Like, that, that for, the, for, for the general uh, in that movie, like, it's like they didn't understand that character at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't understand even Aang, whose name, I mean, whose title is literally the name of the freaking movie... <laughs> It's all like soup. He, what he is, he's, he's, there is no spoon. He's that kid, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally earnest and so spiritual and centered and yeah. serious. And Aang, when I think Aang, I think that gif. Yeah, like gif Where he's holding the, uh, he's doing, I think it's an airbending trick, even though it involves Earth. Uh, he's got the little marbles and he's making them spin and he's like, ah, ah. <laughs> it's Aang. Um, and, and I think Aang is my other favorite character. And, and one thing, since every one of my answers has to include a Cora, uh, <laughs> one thing that Cora did terribly was they. St- <laughs> Kelvin popped in the video to do the, the gift motion. Um, one thing, one thing Cora did terribly was that they removed, they yoinked all the like whimsy yeah. and all the lovability from Ang. He grew up and was like, "Well, that's not part of my personality yeah. anymore." Even yeah. though they had grown characters that were both tough, awesome, principled, and funny, they couldn't let Ang be one of those. And that bummed me. And they had right, D.B. Yeah. Sweeney voice him. Are you kidding me? Can we get more of a <laughs> yeah. D-list celebrity? <laughs> That's actually being relatively generous. <laughs> in, in, in a series that you've got 
Aubrey Plaza and John Michael Higgins doing voices. We're going to bring in D.B. Sweeney for one of the most, what should be one of the most revered characters. That was stupid. Anyway, all that to say, uh, I really, really liked that that antagonist. And I honestly, I think I liked all of them. I, lo- I loved, uh, what's the princess's name? U.A.? The, <laughs> yeah, mo- the moon loved- princess? No, no, no. I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of uh, Zuko's sister. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, that. Azula. Azula, yeah, I love, I loved her. She was, she was so. They, they showed her with her friends, so you could kind of go, oh, okay, I see how you know she's, she's not a cartoon. She's a cartoon, but she's not a cartoon. She's not a caricature. Um, but she's so driven in such a wicked, self-obsessed way. I, I, I think they did a great job right up until they should have let. I don't want to advocate for like a. Um, uh, Jafar becomes an evil genie ending, but like they should have let uh, the Fire Lord Ozai just stay in the shadows and do magic, scary, huge stuff from that and not zip around like, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't even know what to compare that to. That was such <laughs> a weird ending. Other yeah. than that, though, their antagonists were, were on point all the way through. And that's something Korra struggled with. They, season three of, of Korra with the Red Lotus was the best TV I think I've watched. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Season two was terrible. And, it, and it, <laughs> what, what is it? And Marvel movies, right? Like, if you've got a great character, but a forgettable, crappy, um, oh, it's another blue guy. or I don't even know yeah. or care about this antagonist. Another blue guy. hurt your movie, you know? It's the Dark Elf. Yeah, Uh, yeah, no, and I I think you're absolutely right, is that even, you know, all of these side characters throughout um, Avatar The Last Airbender, you you see them pop up over over time and and they they have other roles so you know we we visited Kyoshi Island and we saw everything that happened on Kyoshi but then there's an episode where they have to go back and interact with those people again and so it just it doesn't disappoint they don't forget about even the minor characters that they have in the show they don't forget about them they have a place and they serve a purpose um, for furthering the story, whether the story is individual character development or if it's the overall arching story of him having to stop, you know, the Fire Lord, they just do a great job at bringing all of these things together and their their side adventures weave in very nicely. And so while you could potentially say, hey, I'm going to watch this as a standalone, it does in some way um, work and weave into everything else that's going on in the larger picture. And so um, I think those are things that they just do um, very well with their characters and their voice casting, again, is just, it's phenomenal. And and when you look at, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and pull a you, Zach. When you look at Legend of Korra, they do bring in some great voice talent for that as well. I mean, uh, J.K. Sims playing... Um, you know, the voice of, um, what's his name? Uh, I've got so many characters. Yeah. Ang Sun. Um, (laughs) I've got so many characters running through my head right now. Um, is just, it's phenomenal. He does a fantastic job with that. And I think that's what really adds so much to this is that there, there really isn't a a throwaway character. And, and when you go back and you rewatch the episode, you might be like, Oh, I didn't remember that character, but, 
even in not remembering, you're like, oh, that's still a great character. And so I feel like um, all the characters, and I agree with you, Nathan, you know, just adding in this, this mythical world of monsters um, and, and creatures that uh, are just, they're fun and unique, and they do have personalities that are Tenzin. brought out. So Tenzin, Tenzin yes. yes. Tenzin, thank you. Um, so... Yeah, I agree. I think I think the characters are fantastic. Um, Jason Isaacs voicing uh, Zhao was a brilliant yes. choice. Brilliant choice for that character. Um, and so there there is just so much that they that they brought to the table with this. And you know, when you look at this, when this was made back in what was it two thousand? Yeah, two thousand five. I mean, that was the era where everything was jumping into uh, computer animation. You know, they, that, I mean, that was the height of, of all of that stuff. And they decided to do a more traditional, you know, mm. anime style, um, but more traditional animation that just really worked with the series and what they were doing. And so, yeah, I, I think it, it really did bring a lot to it. Um, Dude, yeah, one of my ahead. favorite moments with the uh, traditional animation, mm-hmm. which I'm, I want to get your opinion. If you think this was one of those like Disney, like drawing over an actual film, um, <laughs> you know, a video of people is the, <laughs> the oft used gif of uh, when Ang comes to that one, um, I think it's a water tribe uh, town. Mm-hmm. And the guy has like a full on like seizure and yes! foams at the mouth and yeah. then, like collapses. <laughs> you you could not have made that funny with with CGI. Yeah, that no. was straight up cell animation, and I think it was like you know the overlay type animation. And what a weird moment! And that, <laughs> they were not afraid to be bizarre in that <laughs> show, and that was why it was so stinking hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. I want to give uh, a few more minutes if anybody else wanted to say anything, and then we will go ahead and we'll jump in and talk about Legend of Korra for a bit. I know you're not too terribly far in, uh, Nathan, but we'll do a, a little bit of a tease with you know maybe the first uh, you know uh, season, and and we do want to come back and do another episode with Legend of Korra uh, later on. So, um, anybody else have anything else to say with uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender? Do you guys have any favorite episodes? Um, I like the episode where Toph joined them. Where they met Toph for the first time? Yeah. I like the episode where um, Sokka's stuck in the ground. He's stuck in the ground. Oh, is that with the... Yeah. That's the episode where Aang learns earthbending. I like the one that where he's stuck in the ground, the one that we watched. And how about you, Calvin? Uh, I like the one where Tuff becomes like an outlaw, and she's cheating in all the uh, like rig games. Oh yeah! <laughs> it, it, is nobody else's favorite episode? My favorite episode, which is Zuko alone, which is a spaghetti western story that yes. is that is oh, yeah, that's really amazing. Good as well. Yeah, that's really good. I like I like the episode the, where they encounter the the bender who's hiding in the swamp, pretending to be a monster, and you have those oh, yeah. like, hillbilly benders that are like, <laughs> yeah. like yes. they're talking. It's like it's so weird because down to their their style of speaking and everything, and the, 
that they've developed. It's like they came out of a brother where art thou. There is yes. this world. These are the guys bending the water in the vines, right? Yeah. 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 Which was also so clever. Um, can I can I make one one uh, apology and ask one question real quick? Yeah, go for it. Um, first of all, uh, Zach Burnham, who's a, an avid listener to the these go to eleven. Yeah. Um, I still have his last pair of under DVDs, which he loaned me. Calvin, when was that? Two uh, years ago, maybe, maybe no, not quite. Maybe a year ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that they're on Netflix now because I feel less bad. But uh, someday, Zach, someday I'm going to give those back to you. I feel less bad. You can see it in different format. You're fine. Uh, and then I, I want to ask you, uh, Bartlebaugh, knowing you is a little bit like I do, I have to ask if your son Johnny is named after number Johnny Five. <laughs> no. It's actually oh. named after dad and mom. We, we kind of joke, yeah. J O N for Jennifer. Wait, J O for Jennifer Owens. Yeah. And then Nathan for you. Yeah, that's just some clever thing. Oh, I get it. Yes. So, uh, no, it's not. But now that I'm, we do call him Johnny Five sometimes. <laughs> no, you don't. Sometimes. Well, we refer to you as Johnny Five when you're not around. <laughs> uh, you know. You haven't seen that yet, yet, have you? That's what we need to correct that short circuit. We should see that today. We should, yeah. Oh, yes, you should. <laughs> Not short circuit, too. So short much. circuit is the best. Hey, laser lips. <laughs> I'm alive. Oh, my gosh, it's been so long. Would you like to be a pepper, too? Is <laughs> <laughs> there like a crocodile Dundee short circuit and then like what else uh, could throw in there? Uh, Dude, just, I, just, I want, I'm coming to Baltimore. How bad is the COVID down there? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're coming up let's hope it <laughs> all right let's 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 focus on the wonderful world of uh, uh I, I was trying to think of like the main what there's no name for like their world it's not a middle yeah, it's, not really a, it's just the world yeah. they, they call it new what is it new republic city is in that what they call it well, that's the city. That's in Cora. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into Cora then. Uh, I've got two minutes. Well, and, and on that transition, that talking about that world, that you're right, it's not Middle Earth, and the idea is maybe the Middle Earth becomes Earth, and then like it's just set on Earth in the in the movie. <laughs> but I love what I didn't realize about Cora, literally until the the kids turned it on, was that you know because when we watch these fantasy. Uh, shows and there's a thousand years in the future or Star Wars all these years later and the you know the world looks pretty much the same or in Star Wars case it's like you had newer stuff <laughs> 80 years ago what <laughs> right <laughs> and, but this idea that the minute it started and that they were basically in a 1930s industrial yes. world yeah. amazing you know, this almost noir setting I loved that immediately and I was like that gets major point. Mm-hmm. Just for recognizing there's a progression to history in these fantasy worlds. They don't stay in caves for the entirety of, you know, a thousand some years. Nothing is better than the old timey radio announcer doing the little like news clipping to bring you up to speed of rather. I always skip the recap, except I never did with those because it was so amusing. And I love that kind of vibe and atmosphere for for any kind of story. Anyway, I love that thirty. So I'm waiting for the days they they kind of decide to finally make the Batman 1930s movie. You know, yeah, that's the yeah. one I've always wanted to see. But I love that it's set in that kind of time frame. And what that suggests about the world is, yes, things have progressed and things are very different in the world. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Uh, before we jump in real quick, I did want to give um, – you brought up Zach Burnham, uh, Zach Bartles, and I do want to say he is an uh, avid Avatar uh, fan as well, and he does oh, these yeah. really cool – pie show boards and i mean he yeah, creates these oh, yeah. things yeah it, it, they are they're difficult to get because he just does like limited um i mean you basically got to get on put your order in within like this four hour period and then he makes them and sends them out but if you can do it they are um absolutely fantastic and and definitely worth checking out and then um also on his site he does have a digital setup where you can go in and play digitally so um, you know, shout out to our buddy Zach there uh, for those things. Um, so yeah, Legend of Korra. We, we got two Nathan B's. We got two Zach B's. That's How about right. that? <laughs> Nathan B, Nathan B, Zach B, Zach B. What do we got? We get an episode of all four of us. And the freaking world will unravel. <laughs> we'll just call everyone. What will happen is it won't actually get recorded. <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened. There's a lost episode. That's, That's an urban legend. Uh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so Legend of Korra, I got to say, one of the first things that, that I thought was great was you had Aang in the last one who was so apprehensive about becoming the avatar and and you know his his history and his experience were you know that was those were the things he was trying to overcome in order to become the avatar and in this one right from the beginning you have Korra who is just like I'm it I'm deal, the with it. deal with it deal with it yeah <laughs> um, and I just I I thought that was absolutely great you know just like Again, establishing that we're in a new world, but there there's still the remnants and traces of the old world. You still have um, Katara, who is who is in there and uh, a mentor of sorts to Korra, and of course you have Aang's children, and you have the children of all these benders that we've come to know and appreciate, and even the grandchildren in some cases of some of them. And so um, it does not, as you were saying earlier, Zach, it does not forget the old world that it created, um, but and really the Star brings Wars, it into the new world. This is how you handle old characters when you decide to bring them back. They don't have to hide in a swamp somewhere. They can actually do things and not be the absolute main character. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Calvin, talk to us a little bit. We'll start with you about, um, the things, um, that you've like, think about, uh, season one, we'll go ahead and kind of limit it to season one at this point. Yeah. Um, what were some of the things that you really enjoyed about season one and the things that happened there? I love Naga. Nice. Yeah. The, the um, polar bear dog. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Cuter than um, Appa even. I don't know. <laughs> um, Got a contest going on there. Also, Milo, the insane kid that you meet <laughs> on the. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just like the like setting of it. It's really cool. Nice, nice, Zach. Uh, what were some of the things that you thought really worked with season one? Um, I loved like the the way that they bring the characters together i i'm a i'm a sucker for like the accidental 
teaming up of people. Mm-hmm. Like we just watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Yeah, and and to have this team form because everyone's trying to kill who the guy who becomes <laughs> or capture the guy who becomes the leader was just awesome. Uh, and in the same way, her like falling backwards into this uh, team. And if we're talking about season one, I'm not a sports guy, but those bending <laughs> yeah. championship things, I could watch hours of that. It was yeah. so cool. Like how the discs come up out of the earth and then they blast them forward. And whether or not like the rules, whether or not the avatar should be allowed to take part in all that and like kind of mirrored, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that's mm-hmm. happened in our sports. I really loved that. Uh, and uh, the, the, triad gang like the 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 mafia of that world yeah being yeah. Kind of wrapped up in this other more sinister even thing was uh, it was a really cool uh introduction to the to that world and then to go from there i mean they did the same thing they followed the same playbook as uh as the last airbender in that they didn't just Ace Ventura to you. We're the same, but dialed up. They, they actually brought you on that hero's journey. And yeah. through, uh, you know, losing confidence and abilities and then back out of that. And uh, I mean, it was really, really masterfully done. I learned just recently while watching the Honest trailer for, have you guys watched Honest trailer for, um, Avatar? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that particular one yet. <laughs> I only learned then, like it was last week that it came out, that season four was preempted by Shyamalan and his stupid movie. Oh. Um, and I think there are four seasons of Korra, and it makes you realize there should be four seasons of... Yeah. I mean, there's four elements. There should be four right. seasons of Avatar as well, and we kind of got cheated out of it a little bit. And I feel like the, I didn't obviously like the very, very end um, with the social commentary and the way it's set up, who the fandom would be and for what reason, yeah. and the comic books and the direction those would take. But the way they resolved every character's arc was masterful. I mean, I'm, I'm over here going, you know, I, I'm taking notes as an author. Um, different ways that you can bring people in and out of each other's spheres effortlessly and separate characters for a long time and then bring them back together and have their unique individual journeys and quests kind of braided together into one story, but not have to have them always on the same quest together, like the Fellowship of the Ring, walking and walking and walking, because that can get boring. <laughs> um, I, I loved the way, from, from the very beginning, I was sold on that show. Nice. Nice. Well, and one more thing, sorry, uh, Chief Beifong and the way she <laughs> developed metal bending into this cable thing where yes. they swing like Batman and they like use metal to like handcuff you, your whole body. <laughs> I love that was very, very sharp. Very, very cool idea. Nice, nice. Uh, Nathan, I know you said you and your kids are just getting into it, but um, what are uh, some things that you've liked about it so far you talked about the development of the world um talk about some things that other things that you've noticed that you've enjoyed about it and then um johnny you can think about uh something that you have really liked about legend of Korra as well and izzy you too and i haven't seen a ton of Korra yet but one of the things that i like and to go back to what zach was just saying and also how the last airbender wrapped up and I, my 9.5 or whatever was because to me, when we got to that final battle, it really didn't bother me as much because 
something you mentioned about the way this show is written, and it plays into what I think about Cora, is the fact that the characters' choices and the things that they wrestle with, the decisions they have to make before they take the actions, I think is built up with enough suspense and genuine interest. Like, how is Aang going to find a way not to kill the firebender but still achieve the thing he's trying to do? I think that that solution is interesting enough that the battle is sort of... I mean, you... Nathan knows how I feel about big final superpower battles anyway. I kind of fall asleep. So uh, it, the faster it is, the better it is. Uh, blue sky beams. That's exactly. <laughs> mind bullets. But the, uh, to go to do it that way, I cared more about what was the outcome of the decisions and how it's going to affect these individual characters. And because of that, when you get to Korra, the reason that Korra doesn't feel so far like a rehash to me is for the very reason you mentioned a minute ago. Korra is a completely different kind of character. She isn't coming from the same place as Aang. She doesn't have the same desires, per se, as Aang. And that's what sets us apart from a Star Wars or even uh, the uh, adaptations of a lot of Tolkien's work. And Tolkien's work itself is that these character motivations are truly driving the story, the the creators have allowed their characters to feel organic as opposed to chess pieces. They're just moving around on a board. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. But so, uh, Johnny, how about specific characters or things you like about Korra so far? You've seen a lot more episodes than I have. <laughs> um, one of my favorite characters is Maku. I like that he knows how to firebend. Nice. Fire is one of my favorite elements. Very cool. What um what has your been your favorite episode so far, Johnny? Um, I like the episode where they find out that Maku's like girlfriend's dad's workshop has a secret like weapon place underneath it. Nice. Where there's like all these giant robots. I like to watch them fight them. I love the when robots entered the show, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) What about almost like they're undersea robots or something? Very cool. Izzy, what about you? What was uh, what's something you like about Legend of Korra? What I like is I like how in like how like he's like in the first episode, she just bursts out of her room with all of the bending. Yeah, like a Kool-Aid man, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And the Avatar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very cool. Now, uh, just real quick, Zach, I have a question for you. And I know this is generally across the board. Nobody really liked season two. But what about the origin of the Avatar? What did you think about that two-part um, two-part series? No one liked the entire Snore. season two of Korra. I haven't gotten there yet. So. Snoresville all yeah, the way. The, the, the season the, itself uh, and the origin of the Avatar thing. It was uh-huh. it was fine. It was so unnecessary, and it kind of demystified the history of this whole thing. I uh-huh. I don't know. It, to me, it it was a uh, basically a um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a it, unbalance. It was a negative. It was not a. Um, it, it took away more from the the story than it actually added to me. It took more okay. away from the world that they created. It wasn't like midichlorians, was it? 
it it was not that bad, but it was it was not quantitatively the same, but it was qualitatively the same. Um, and, and honestly, like the you know, when I get to like young Earth creationism, um, where people are like, I'm reading this so literally that I've got this snake like walking on four legs and talking all the time. And then part of the, the, the fall is that he loses his legs and his ability to talk all the time. I, I go, eh, I think you've kind of missed that. That's when, di- that's when dinosaurs became carnivores or, or uh, herbivores. Well, whatever the case, I feel like they kind of did that when they brought him the, you know, the spirit world used to be one with the this world. To me, the whole thing just kind of got hokey. I dislike over-explaining your mystical, magical, particularly yes. because, yeah. as Johnny pointed out earlier, they'd set up, I thought, such a wonderful concept with the idea that this is bending. So it is magic, but it also has some sort of biological relevance, right? So you've set up everything you need to know. We don't need a schematic yeah. or right. history. The history is coming in. All the characters are presented. That's and- all that season two is, Barlaba. It's just, um, there's a cool subplot with a, an unexpected betrayal and, and, and some inter, uh, intra-tribal um, stuff that was kind of interesting. But for the most part, it seems like that whole thing, and maybe I'm conflating two seasons. Maybe that didn't even happen in season two. Season two was very much about over-explaining and um, too clever by half. Uh, and and you still take, saying you think Core is better than The Last Airbender? Yeah, just that season was um, the weak link. Because I felt Airbender, at least, you know, it seemed like all three seasons were relatively fluid. There wasn't, uh, I, I felt that they seemed... Like they were all of a piece of each other in a unified way. And I, I wouldn't say there's a dragging season to Airbender. Yeah, but it didn't have that fourth one, which might have been uh, where it came That's in. That's true. That is. You're right that there are four seasons. But you can have a – you can skip. There's three good seasons of each show. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Just talk to me after you watch season three with, with the Red Lotus. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, I think Calvin and I watched that in three days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we oh, but I, I wasn't disputing. I was just – Curious because to me, if a show is four seasons and one of them's not that good and it's still your favorite, that speaks very strongly to the other seasons. So I'm looking right. forward to it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, we are uh, quickly running out of time here. So just want to give uh, anyone last minute thoughts that they want to share about uh, Avatar. We'll do a more comprehensive uh, episode on. Uh, Legend of Korra. It was great having uh, Calvin and Johnny and Izzy on, and so we'll get you back on when we do our episode for Legend of Korra as well. Um, any kind of last-minute thoughts about Avatar before we uh, head out? Oh. Mm. My dad just left. <laughs> he had to go. Yeah, he had to peace out. So. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, it was great having. Have you guys heard? I mean, just very quickly, yeah. have you heard that the right that the writers of the show are out for the live action remake? Oh, it really? Over creative differences as of about that's a good. week ago. It will be yeah, if they made a, a live sign. action show. Well, they they are, but and for a while the oh the, nice the showrunners were in on it, but they have uh, they've jumped out so <laughs> yeah. because of creative differences. So that bodes well for us. <laughs> Now, Calvin, were you looking forward to the show on Netflix? Did you know that they were going to be doing a show on Netflix? Uh, the live action? Yeah. 
Oh, no. I, I mean, judging from the way the movie went, no. <laughs> I, I don't feel like it really... It, it doesn't need a live action. It I does mean, not. It, it was, it really was, it's perfect the way it is. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of what, it, what makes it so cool is the animation style. Yeah. I agree. I agree a million percent. We <laughs> <laughs> nice. also thought, Johnny actually thinks, uh, Jack had said earlier that he thought the animation was stronger in Korra. Johnny, you actually said you like the animation on Airbender better. Uh, I kind of agree. I feel like it, because it's a little less sophisticated, it seems a little more fluid sometimes. Mm. What I've seen so far. Yeah. But I'm not all the way through Korra yet. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, let me ask you, instead of doing live action on Netflix, what would you think about the idea of the writers and everything coming back and doing side stories? So, Nathan, you mentioned, yeah, you you think that would be a great idea, Calvin? Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Or the fourth season, right? Isn't there a comic book that does that, that, uh, that continues Aang's story after the Hundred Year War? I heard that there's a a comic series. Yeah. Dark Horse did. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, you know, when when all these series come out, you have all these writers that kind of come out of the woodwork to start writing, you know, different pieces, even even stories within the stories. Um, You know, there are different, you know, adventures that they take that were never, you know, that that didn't, you know, weren't a part of the the storyline and all of that. So, um yeah, I, I agree. I think that would be a neat thing to see is some of these side stories, seeing, uh, as yeah. you said, Nathan, Zuko and Iroh in their tea shop in Ba Sing Se, um, and uh, you know, some of the other things that they could potentially potentially do with this, uh, seeing King Bumi and Aang uh, you know, after the Hundred Year War. It would also know, be cool. If they made a side story where you could see what happened in between Legend of Korra and Last Airbender. Yeah. yeah. That's what it, the comic it, is. It so we would, should check that out maybe. Yeah. Very cool. Well, this has been a, a great episode. I want to thank Calvin, Izzy, Johnny, Zach, even though he left us. Um, for uh, Izzy's upstairs right now. Oh, Izzy yeah, left Izzy us too. Well, Izzy and Zach apparently had previous engagements. That's right. <laughs> uh, but want to thank you guys for coming in. This was an absolute blast. And when uh, Nathan and I will we'll be have to in watch contact, Thundercats and come back. And that's talk. right. <laughs> we'll do Thundercats and Legend of Korra. That will be the next episode. How does that sound? Yeah, just watch the thund- the old Thundercats. Is that new Thundercats with the really like weirdo looking animation? Oh no. yeah, no. Well, they they did an updated Thundercats though uh, before they did this weird one that yeah, actually looked pretty that. good. What um, I'm curious about because I haven't. I, it, it's funny. I learn about things being on the air when they had their final episode. <laughs> yes. And I just learned that they had a recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot that was apparently pretty good. Huh. I'll, okay. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to. See if I can Just as they were having out. the final episode and it was going off the air forever, I was right. like, oh, a new turtle show. <laughs> Have you seen or heard of that, Calvin? Did you know about that? Oh, yeah, I watched that a lot, but then it got demonic. Oh, okay. <laughs> it got, like, really, really culty and weird. <laughs> uh, well, it sometimes happens. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen. Uh, yep. 
Well, great. Thanks for coming on, guys. It was such a blast. Um, we'll look forward to having you on the next time. We just want to remind our listeners, go ahead and uh, shoot some likes out to us and, and give us some reviews on your favorite listening service. And until next time, we just rock the Casbah. These go to 11.